Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for Sports Talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk for Thursday, March the 21st. I'm your host, D.A., and today is one of the best days of the sports calendar. In fact, it might be the best two days of the sports calendar. Today and tomorrow, wall-to-wall March Madness. And so everyone knows Zion Williamson. Everyone knows the Duke Blue Devils. But what about the best players not named Zion? Uh, 92-3, the fan in Cleveland, Clark Kelly. Longtime CBS Sports college basketball analyst joined them. Can you say Ja? Let's listen in. The game that I'm most excited about in the first round, it's because of the two studs that play for these teams, uh, would yep. be none other than Marquette and Murray State. Marcus, yep. Marcus I Howard. You were going there. Yeah, so, so tell us about, for those that haven't seen Ja Morant or Marcus Howard, how good those young men are. Well, Marcus Howard, I was just looking at some of his numbers. This guy's averaged 20 points a game for his career. 44% three-point shooting and 90% from the line for his career. He's a junior in college, so that's what he's done for his career, which is off the charts in terms of efficiency. And he's only 5'10". I haven't done any Marquette games in person, but I've talked to guys that have. And, you know, those program heights are not usually accurate. So he's listed, I think, at 5'11", 5'10". But whatever, dynamic, dynamic score because he's so skilled, can get space for his shot just about any time. Although... Murray State does a really good job defending pick and roll and catch and shoot stuff. So we'll see how that plays out for the uh, for the Marquette squad because they rely a lot on that. John Morant, his greatest gift to me, he's tremendously athletic, can finish at the rim, but his passing is um, it's um, a step and a half ahead, and that's um, NBA like the things he sees and the way he passes the ball and he can make. Um, he can get to the line. I think he gets eight, seven, eight, nine free throw, seven, eight free throw attempts a game. Really loves to pass, and he's not—he's not by himself. I mean, he's got three or four other guys: Buchanan and Tevin Brown and Darnell Coart that can score it. All of those guys are are capable of fifteen to twenty-point nights themselves. So this is a really good team. Should be a highly entertaining and fun game. And uh, I actually like Murray State to be able to um, move on in that one. Clark, I know they're Cadillac programs, Kentucky and North Carolina, but why do I feel like people are looking past these teams that are so talented, especially like <laughs> UNC has three seniors? When does UNC yeah. have three seniors yeah. like this? No, no, you're right. I mean, again, you pick and choose what you want to look at when you look at the bracket and the teams, and that's part of what makes it so much fun. But those teams are terrific. Kentucky has played really well. They've been a tad inconsistent offensively in the games that they've lost, but they've still been. Um, really on an ascension for the last, um, I'd say the last third of the season. They probably played at a significantly high level. Um, outstanding talent. They're a little more youthful. And Carolina is 
is outstanding. I mean, they've got size, athleticism. The kid Kobe White at the point guard position has been terrific, and Cam Johnson is an absolute laser at six eight as a, as a perimeter shooter. And yeah, so they're championship caliber, no doubt. That's why they're on the one seed line. Let's just hope that Murray State wins a game or two in this tournament so that the nation can truly see how cool, how amazing, how spectacular John Morant is. Because for the racers, everybody knows what he brings to the table. But outside of that, the nation at large doesn't realize just how incredible and exciting this player is. Let's see if Murray State can win a game or two. Then suddenly the nation will wake up and realize why he's going to be a top three player in the upcoming NBA draft. The defense. Ending national champions are the Villanova Wildcats. And despite a regular season Big East championship and a Big East tournament championship, people are still saying that this is a down year for Villanova. They're a sixth seed. So just how different has this season been now that the Wildcats have turned into a national powerhouse? Head coach Jay Wright of the Wildcats joined Mike Francesa on WFAN in New York. It's funny, like after winning the, the tournament at the Garden, boots and basketball. Pasco were kind of reserved. You know, they had done it a number of times before. Uh, the other guys were going crazy. You know, it was the first time really being a part of it. And it's like you got two separate booths and Pasco are more like the coaching staff. You know, they've been around. Uh, even yesterday at the, at the selection show, you know, all the young guys, they got the piece of the net in their hats and stuff. You know, like they're all, they're, it's, it's a first for them. So it's what the year was like. The whole year was like, you got, Two seniors who, who, who've been through everything. They've been a part of two national championships and they're playing with a bunch of guys that, you know, they could be in a game. The guys forget their assignments. The guys turn the ball over. The guys uh, are, are, are intimidated. Our freshman, Sadiq Bay, who, who started his first three shots against Providence in the quarterfinals were air balls. First three shots. But then in the final, he gets a double-double. He gets 16 and 10 and plays a great game against Seton Hall. So Pascal and, and Booth have been kind of nurturing these guys all year, being patient with these guys and, 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 and also teaching them. It's been an incredible experience to watch those two kind of take on the role of player coach to lead this team. How about for you? Just being what you now, what you are. I mean, you're one of the big coaches in America. And I don't have to say that to make you blush, but you are. I mean, you, you know, you've won multiple national championships. You're one of the big stars now in the sport. And just the way you guys are treated, you guys are like royalty now when you show up and people don't realize when you go to practice the day before and it's open practice at a, at an NCAA tournament site, people show up. I mean, people want to see Villanova. They want to see Kentucky. They want to, that's how they treat you guys now. You're one of those teams and just dealing with that is a whole new deal, right? It is. It is. And it's, it's a challenge. And, and, you know, we've tried over the years to keep, we, we call it roster structuring where we, we try to analyze from talking to the NBA guys and talking personally to our guys. All right, where are you? You, know, you think you're going to go this year? Think you're going to stay? You know, the NBA guys say this so that we keep an experienced team and going into this season, um, we knew, even though Brunson and Bridges had an extra year, we knew they were going to be first round picks and Brunson was early second round, but, uh, we, DiVincenzo and, and Omar Spellman were both saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming back, you know, I, right. I want, I want to be a first round pick the following year. And, you know, we thought we'd be going into this year with, it, you know, four experienced players. It's a totally different, 
makeup when the young guys are playing with four experienced guys. Oh, but, a whole, imagine if you had Defensenzo this year. I mean, yeah, geez, yeah he yeah, was playing well them. until he got hurt with the Bucks. He was playing well this exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. If we just had one of those guys, but yeah. so like what you say, showing up and being treated like royalty and everybody, you know, playing against the defending national championships. All these new guys. They had no clue what was going on. They, you know, and Pat, again, Pascal and Booth have to be, they're looking at us like, are you kidding me with these guys? You know, we're saying like, yo, you guys got to, you got to talk to them. You got to teach them about this. You know, they get starry eyed still, but I, I think going through the, the Big East tournament, being in Madison Square Garden is, you know, it's no bigger than that. I mean, a lot of times going to your first round NCAA tournament game is a letdown after playing in the Garden on Saturday night. Yeah, you can get, you, know, you won't get a small crowd because it's you, but other teams go and play in front of empty houses in yeah. that first round. Especially if you're playing during the middle of the day. Yeah. Doubt Villanova at your own risk. Look, they are one of the most well-coached teams every year, and we know that from two national championships for Jay Wright of this Wildcats team over the last couple of seasons. I know they're a sixth seed. I know they haven't had the normal powerhouse year, but when you look down and you check out their resume of accomplishments, it's pretty impressive already, and they certainly are dangerous in this NCAA tournament. On the NBA side of things, the Philadelphia 76ers got a huge win last night over their villain, their rival, their hated rival, the Boston Celtics, who had had their number this entire season and last year in the postseason as well. So you would think coming out of a game like that, all hands on deck for the Celtics in the final stretch of this regular season. Not so fast as Kyrie Irving says that he's planning to rest at the end of the regular season. Oh yeah, I'm sure this will play well in Boston. Let's go to WEEI in Beantown with Ordway, Merloni, and Foria. So you got 11 games to go. We all know the difference of home court and what it means in the postseason. And yet, Kyrie Irving comes out today and basically alerts all of us that he's going to take some time off. I'm definitely taking some games off for the playoffs. It just makes no, more, it makes no sense to put emphasis on these regular season games when uh, you know, you're gearing up for you know, some battles coming in the playoffs. Mm. He's taking time off. So Al Horford, who has a legitimate knee problem, is also, according to the coach, going to take time off. Now, if you're going to sit there and say, here we go again, we're going to talk about home court and how important it is, the coach was doing his uh, weekly uh, uh, interview uh, down the street here, and he was asked about home court advantage, and you know what he said? Does it matter? It's ultra important. Oh, it is. Matter of fact, he cited something. He cited last year's team. Everybody talks about last year's team and how wonderful that young team was in the postseason without Kyrie, without Gordon Haywood. He brought it up that if we did not have home court advantage last year because we did a terrific job during the regular season of establishing home court advantage, we were the number two seed. If we did not have it in that first round against Milwaukee, we probably would have lost in game seven out there. He admitted that today. And yet he's looking right now at Kyrie taking time off. Al Horford, I get it. He has a legitimate injury here taking some time off. They have 11 games left, seven on the road. And guess what we're looking at? They're throwing the little white towel in and they're saying, we'll take the number five seed. But did he win the Tommy Award? Yeah, Thank it's, you it's, very much, that's the a, number five that, that seed. Is a, um, Are that you is a, kidding that me? That is a season-wide issue that they've had. This is the way they've kind of gone gone about their business throughout the entire season. And I would specifically in, in, in specific games, too, you see that mentality. Well, you know, we'll get him tomorrow night. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that much. See, normally I would 
when when you think back at this team, if guys took nights off, it shouldn't be the end all, be all for this team. Because one of the one of the great things about this team that we thought, and one of the reasons why we thought they're going to be so successful in the po- in the regular season, talent in the postseason, but in the regular season, the depth on this roster is going to make them win a lot of games. Whether it's back to back, guys getting injured, guys getting nights off, Rozier can step in, you know, have a big game as a starter. If if Jalen's out, no big deal. Tatum, Hayward, Morris, you know, there's a lot of depth on this team, but given where they are. You know, you would think that, okay, they got a couple games with Indiana. I'm just looking at the remaining schedule. The Sixers tonight at Charlotte. I mean, I know they're like the ninth seed. It's on the road, though. Sixers beat Charlotte in Charlotte last night right without now. Joel Embiid. Right. So, I mean, Simmons is, had like 28. Is, so you play against the Sixers, and then do you sit at Charlotte? The Spurs are at home. It's a good team. You're not sitting. I don't know when at you sit. At Cleveland. I don't know when you. Yes. At Cleveland, yes. you sit. Yes. Then it's the Pacers. Then it's the Nets, who's a playoff team, right? Then you got. Uh, uh, home and away against uh, Miami, who's fighting for a playoff right. spot. And they're tough head. Well, right then, now. It's they, at, they, then it's at Indiana. Then you got Orlando that's still fighting for a playoff spot. You know, that last game of the year against Washington. So if he's going to say, I'm definitely going to take games off, if it's going to be the Cleveland game, and then when you've got two or three games left, that last Indiana game, after that one, you got two games, Orlando, then at Washington. You'll have an idea. So if you want to sit against Cleveland, and maybe that last game of the year against Washington... Okay. I mean, on the one hand, you got to give Kyrie credit. All season long, it's felt like he has not given any care in the world to whether the home fans like him, love him, or despise him. Which is weird, though, because earlier in the season, right before the year, remember, to a packed house of season ticket holders, he said he would be back after the season as a member of the Celtics as long as the city would have him. So he's playing to the crowd then, but now doesn't give a rip. Who knows what to think about Kyrie Irving? But right now, the Celtics will be lucky to get out of the first round, let alone the second round. The Celtics have issues. They can play spectacularly, and then they could also fall on their face. And I don't see any way that they get past the second round when it comes to playing either an elite team like the Bucks or another elite team in the Toronto Raptors. So he can rest all he wants. I don't think it's going to matter. Celtics will exit in that second round. The Western Conference reflection of the Celtics probably the Houston Rockets, who coming out of last year had championship NBA Finals expectations, but you just never know if you can trust them. Because James Harden can do what he did last night, 57 points, and single-handedly dragging the Rockets back in a game against the Grizzlies, and yet they still lost to a Memphis team that's going through the motions at the end of the year. Was last night a good loss for the Rockets because it showed how much fight they have or a bad loss because of how it ended and the fact that the Grizzlies are out of it? Here's Sports Radio 610 in Houston and Mad Radio debating. Let me take a guess. People were irate about the the fact that Clint Capella got called for putting his hand on the arm of a guy who's shooting the basketball. They were upset. I don't yeah. know if they were. I don't know if they were outraged by it. Well, so there were a few outraged people. There were a few outraged. This people. is. Uh, this is. I. I can't. I can't fake outrage over the way that game ended. I'm happy that they were in it at all. I think largely, if the if the game had just stayed the way it was, which was just a classic, hey, tenth seventh game in ten nights. Guys are tired. It looks like a lackluster effort, um, and it had faded that way. I would have been kind. Of, I kind of would have been okay with it. These things happen. Every every good team has these things down the stretch. But it was particularly 
heart-wrenching because it came at the tail of this incredible flurry of a comeback, just of an incredible, just, just, just crazy. And it was awesome. And if anything, the most encouraging part of it was that as I worry about James Harden being exhausted after this ridiculous season that he's had, he didn't look exhausted last night through the fourth and overtime no. quarters. What, was that a foul? I thought it was a foul. Yeah, it was a foul. Was oh, a foul. I, yeah, sorry. I don't even know. Was that, is, is, is it an issue? Are people saying it wasn't a foul? There are I don't think many. It was a foul. And not to mention, the only reason they were in that situation was because Capella like made a perfect soccer pass to James Harden with his like used the instep of his foot and everything on a kickball that wasn't called. Capella boxed him out. Valanciunas had his hands on the back of Capella. He didn't shove him, and then Capella unfortunately armbarred Valanciunas at the absolute worst time. It was a foul on Capella. I don't think it was a foul on Valanciunas. It's borderline at best, and ultimately people are losing their minds over it. Well, you could some only a small minority, yeah. but it's enough where I just want to tell the Warrell Army again, the people that have over time watching Rockets broadcasts on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest, Fox Sports Southwest, all the broadcasts. I feel like we have there are too many people that assume that every single call is going to be against the Rockets. I understand where people think it was a bad call. Again, it, it was borderline. His hands were on the back of Capella, and Capella did have good positioning. Yeah. But it wasn't an over-the-back to me. It was a guy who made a great rebound while Capella had his arm locked around uh, Valentinus's right arm. Well, even if you're going to complain about the officials, and I don't, like, I, don't, I try not to begrudge fans for complaining about the officials because that's a natural human condition. But in that last 10 or 15 seconds or so, you've got... Capella that just, it's a blatant kickball that was missed. He kicked the ball to Harden, uh, to, to, to put them in that situation. Then Valanchunas, could you have called over the back there? I suppose so, but put yourself. They were never going to call Put yourself in the other situation. If that were Clint Capella that were behind Valanchunas there and they had called over the back on Capella, you would have lost your damn mind. Yes. Like that's the ticky tack foul that you don't call in that instance. I don't expect the officials. To not make a call on a guy who has his hand on a shooter's arm. Yes. Like, that's just, you got to call that. If you're the official, you don't think about what moment of the game it is or necessarily how they got there. If you weren't going to call the one call because it would have been ticky-tack, but then you see a hand on a guy's arm, you call it. And uh, I, I will defend I will defend the glorious officials in this one instance and this one instance alone. It, it, 364 I- other days a year, 365 days on leap year, they can go jump off a bridge. Yeah, I think it's a bad loss because, honestly, it's against Memphis. And I know you might be fatigued and tired, but the Grizzlies are playing out the string here. And for the Rockets, they've got to collect every win they can to avoid that four seed in the Western Conference playoffs or remain in that three seed slot for that first round. But for the Rockets, how can you really trust this team? If they can get 57 points out of James Harden and still lose against a lottery-bound squad, it gives you major pause going into the postseason of what they're going to be able to accomplish. Mike Trout is reveling in his $430 million contract extension. I guess as much as Mike Trout can revel, he doesn't really seem like a guy that celebrates all too much. Probably another Another day, just another gig for him. But it obviously gets everybody's attention at where baseball salaries now are. He's going to be averaging $35 million a season for more than the next decade to play baseball for the Angels of Anaheim in Los Angeles. Johnny Bench is one of the greatest players ever, and his perspective is, yikes, I didn't make that. Let's listen in as Johnny Bench joined the Joe Rose Show on WQAM in Miami. Well, you know, Joe, I made $2 million in my entire career, so I, I, you know, I, I understand what, where they are. 
restaurant. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is like that. Much, they make that more in two weeks than That's I right. did in my oh, entire career. Wow. And, you know, okay. Uh, you know, it, it's evolved to that. And, and look what's happening with some of this. But, uh, you know, when I go and I, you know what Velo is or Launch Angle or, you know, and I told my buddy, I said, you know, if I hit it and went over the fence, it had good velo and it had good launch. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it is amazing. You know, baseball is, uh, I don't know how many billions of dollars is being spent just uh, by sponsors, by, you know, it's fans. But we look at, here I am watching it on MLB Network and, and loving it. And, you know, everybody's, a lot, a lot of people are watching it at home. You're talking about, you can hear it. You can watch it now on your radio station. You can watch it on TV. And there are so many people that still love the game so much and you know it's fun for me because now i can you know i'm watching jay bruce who played in cincinnati he's plays with seattle and i'm i'm watching the young catchers who won my college catcher of the year award uh posey and suzuki and 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 weeders and guys that go down the list and you know it's just kind of neat to have sort of a a nice relationship i mean i can't tell you the rosters anymore i mean i did a lot of new names a lot of things that happened but uh, it's still a, it's still a great game. I mean, because anybody can play it. But if you know, we you were guys worked out. We weren't allowed to work out. We weren't allowed to lift. We weren't allowed to do much of anything. And you know, but I go into some of these clubhouses, and my God, they got these washboard abs. Right. You know, they got this stuff. I mean, a good body fat for you, Joe, and me probably was about fourteen. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't work on the stomach six. either. I'm with you, Johnny. Yeah, that did that did not take place for it's for me. To Fat, I can tell you that. I mean, <laughs> uh, what about a? What, there's some deal they they got, oh he pulled this muscle. I know. What muscle was it? Where is, is it actually in your body? Uh, uh, no. You've been around all the great players. You've seen them growing up. Now you've had a chance to see them after. Who's the best one you've ever seen? Is is there one that kind of stands out that you just went, wow, that guy's got to be mentioned as one of the damn best I've ever seen. Well, I think you look at Trout now. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, they give him this contract, and he is the best player in baseball. He's top three in MVP every year, and you watch him play, and you watch him hustle, and you watch his demeanor, and you watch him hit a home run, and put his head down, and run, and you like those sort of things. But you know, when you when you watch the game as I do, there are so many talented people. Right. You know, they say, "Where are all the great catchers? Where are all the where are the catchers? They don't make them anymore." I said, "Yeah, they do." Only there's only 14 catchers in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's one for every decade. So they only come around one every decade. And so if you don't lead the league in home runs or RBIs, you really don't, you know, get noticed if you're not batting fourth in the lineup. That's right. And now they're doing, oh, he can't play a day game after a night game. You know, this is not, you know, <laughs> I caught 54 days in a row without a day off. And wow. So it's like, you know, uh, it's it's just you know the manager puts you in you're you're it's your job to do it and you learn to play hurt and you find out you can play hurt and so it's just what the job demands and for I tried making a comeback Joe I really I was thinking about making a comeback a few years ago and I pulled a muscle vacuuming and it really <laughs> set me back and I, and I really I really just uh, I really gave it up at that point but. You know, what would I do with $400 million? I mean, you <laughs> <laughs> 
That's incredible to think about. That Johnny Bench made $2 million over the course of his entire career. Well, you know, Joe, I made $2 million in my entire career. So I, I, you know, I, I understand what, where they are right now. I mean, I mean this is like that. They make that more in two weeks than That's I made right. in my oh, entire man. career. My goodness. But it just goes to show you the boom in baseball salaries, and it's not going anywhere soon. Obviously, this is going to be maybe not par for the course, but increasing annually in player salaries in baseball. I don't know if that is going to slow down anytime soon. Let's wrap up with this question about Mike Trout's contract extension. We've got Powerball on the horizon. And so, Karsh and Anderson on 97 won the ticket in Detroit posed the question, would you rather have... Mike Trout's career earnings or Powerball's winnings? Let's listen in. So $550 million go to the Powerball winner. Mike Trout makes $430 million over the course of his contract extension. Now, am I actually Mike Trout the person? I, I've got the, the physical body or am I, am I living the life of Mike Trout? You are living the life of Mike okay, Trout. Okay, that's a big difference. Yep. But and you're as you're playing professional baseball. You're fine, fine. But I'm not. You get, do you get to be? You get to be you as a Powerball winner, or or Mike. I guess you get to be Mike Trout. You get to be. You get to have his abilities. You get to be Mike Trout. You get to do what Mike Trout do. This is tough. That's a it, really tough question because neither one sucks. No, they're both great. <laughs> they're both well. Here's the. I mean, the, to me, the big difference is okay. If I get to be Mike Trout, it means I get to be in my mid twenties again or late twenties again. Means I get to be in my physical still in your peak. mid twenties <laughs> mentally. Mentally, sure. Physically, no. Um, but you get to be in your at your physical peak. But there's so much. There's so many things that come with it, though. I mean, yeah, you've got the fame, and but with the fame comes the intrusiveness into your life. You're no longer anonymous. I mean, you're you're Mike Trout. Everyone knows Mike who you are. Thinking Trout, yeah. and and you get to do. What so many of us dream, like you get to be a stud professional athlete. Yeah. You get to know what it's like to hit a walk-off bomb. You know what it's like to get the pullback home run catch. You know what it's like to come up with a clutch hit. You know what it's like to sleep with the Raiders cheerleaders. Right. You know what it's like. like Or you get to be you and have 550 million. It's so tough, isn't it? It it is. And the more I, the more I've given it thought, I'm taking the lottery winnings. Are you? I am. And I think it's because of the anonymity as much it's, as you can do it. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 I get to live my life the way I want to live my life. It's not, okay, if you're Mike Trout, given you're doing, you're living a dream of playing a game for a living and playing a sport, but people think that that's not work. <laughs> that is, it's a ton it's of work. So much more work than anybody wants to give it uh, credit for. It's, uh, yeah. I can, I can live my best life with it. Uh, from here on out, I'll take the money. The The thing is, I've gone back and forth on this. I've gone back and forth on being Mike Trout or just winning the Powerball. And I know what you do. I thought this was going to be easy. And I, I guess what I'm really struggling with here, Kang, is we put together the rules of this thing. Am I winning the Powerball as me or getting to be Mike Trout? And be in my mid twenties because if you get twenty three years back or whatever it is, <laughs> I don't know exactly how old he is. If you get twenty years back, sounds like someone's got a lot of regret. <laughs> well, you get twenty years of, of 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 going back to that age. Do I get that? 
Or is it just... I don't know how you could get that contract, I guess, without being Mike Trout right. in his 20s, right? Yep. Because Doug, in whatever age you're listening right now, you just say, you know, you're 35, you got a 12-year contract. You're not going to be playing until you're, what, 47? 47, yeah. So you get to be Mike Trout, or yeah. you get to be you right now for yep. an extra $120 million. Mm-hmm. So I, I've gone back and forth Bless on this. The, the extra $120 million isn't really part of the deal. It's... Do I want to play professional baseball for the next 12 years? All right, this begs a good question. Do you want the life of Mike Trout? I mean, think about it. You get to be a star baseball player. You get to play the game of your dreams. You get to be a celebrity. You get to live that life, which is probably one of the most amazing lives any American, maybe anybody in the world can live. Or you get to be your regular old Joe self, but you are wealthy beyond your years and you'll never be able to spend all of that money. And you get it all up front. I guess I would go with the Powerball winnings only because I get it all now. But, man, being Mike Trout would be pretty badass. Plus, you get to turn back the clock into your 20s. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can go wrong either way. Being Mike Trout might be the best thing ever. So ponder that until tomorrow, as this is the best in your sports talk for Thursday, March the 21st. And we will see you on Friday, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.